There you have it. That does it for episode 34 of the Two and Out CFL podcast with John Fraser and Travis. What the hell? And Travis. I said my own name wrong. Okay, do do it. Okay, it's Travis. Okay, Travis. Kura. All right, there we go. You got it now. They once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires while listening to the entire tragically hip discography they love their canadian football john fraser a winnipeg blue bombers fan and sports reporter from saskatoon does this mean i have to start researching and travis cura a saskatchewan rough riders fan and radio announcer from red deer does anybody want to do fantasy dancing with the stars next uh, season bring you the two and out cfl podcast every week fraser and cura will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the canadian football league and nonsense. Can't forget the nonsense. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out Podcast. Ready, set, hunt! Welcome to episode 34 of the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Wow. Uh, a lot to talk about, uh, I would say, this week, especially. I'm sure we could do a three-hour podcast on the draft and the jerseys and all of that. We'll try and keep it down as much as you can. Fraser, I wanted to start the show with, uh, man, did you know caffeine withdrawal was a thing? Uh, yeah, I know. I suffer from it every day that I don't have four cups of coffee in me by 5 a.m. So work here. Something happened with the deal with the coffee man. Uh-oh. Long did somebody st- not pay the coffee bill? Oh, I think so. And long story short, we haven't had coffee for a few months. Uh-oh. And- <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, no. And basically, I'm like, I don't know if I want to buy a coffee every day because it ends up being over 500 bucks a year. And I'm like, I could get a couple rider jerseys for that. So I'm like, you you could actually. They are some snazzy looking jerseys. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll just go with the work stash. But that stash is gone. There was actually. why don't you just buy like a giant ass like Costco sized thing of coffee? Well, I did. And I went through it. So well, why don't you buy another one? <laughs> I'm too cheap, man. <laughs> when you're given when you're given free coffee and then it just disappears one day, it just sucks. So and people and people that aren't in broadcasting, I don't think fully understand is how vital coffee is to the broadcasting industry. Well, I was like, never a coffee drinking drinker until I got into this business. Well, I, well, it was that or Coke for you. you used to, I used to oh. watch you go through about a two-liter on an overnight shift. Yeah, and I started drinking coffee after that era. <laughs> <laughs> you are a beacon of good health, It was Travis a daily Carol. super big gulp. <laughs> I remember those days because I'd make you grab one for me as well when you were the intern. So uh, I made the decision basically on Tuesday I'm going to stop drinking coffee cold turkey. Oh, my God. Why would you do that two days before we record a podcast? I don't know, because the the tradition used to be I would actually brew a coffee before I was recording, and it would keep keep me through the show, but now I'm coffee-free, man. Great. Now we're going to sound like crap, because you do, like, 90% of the work. <laughs> So, oh, I and I don't have anything to be angry about this week. So this might be the worst episode ever. <laughs> so I'm doing all this reading on caffeine, and you know, I've been feeling like crap, like really tired in the morning, and all this muscle tension and stuff like that. Not to get too hoity-toity on you, but 
I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give up caffeine and see how it goes. Well, nothing but headaches and <laughs> anger and, oh. But today, I'm, I, I feel like I've made it over the hill. So you, so what you're saying is because of headaches and anger, you might be the angry one, which means I have to be the calm one this podcast. Yeah, we might have to get the f- <laughs> angry elk ready. <laughs> Before we get to the news, let's get to getting waxed with Ty. Hey, it's Brazilian Ty back for the 2016 season premiere of Getting Waxed here on the Two and Out CFL podcast. It's been a long and tumultuous off season, but eventful nonetheless. I got to meet John's new kid. I got to come home from work after seven months on the road. And Travis, the rat, sort of loped on me, and I found out about it on Facebook. So I promptly beat him in our Fantasy Hockey League final. Wait, did I say beat? I meant utterly embarrass, but I digress. My rant this week starts on Thursday, November 26th, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Great cup. City had organized city buses to run free shuttle service to the various events and venues around the city. The bus stop not far from our hotel, we begin our adventure in minus 25 weather. After standing there for roughly 40 minutes and trying to make sense of the two different routes with no north or south difference, so you're basically left to your own devices to figure out if you're on the right bus, let alone waiting at the right stop. Eventually a bus did come. It wasn't a shuttle bus, but the driver was awesome and got us the Spirit of Edmonton for free anyways. Fast forward to Friday night where we waited at a stop for over an hour and a bus never came. Eventually somebody told us we were at the wrong stop. We were on the right route but not the right direction, so we were sent to the other stop a block away. We waited there for another hour before we broke down and called a cab. From that point on, it was cabs for the rest of the weekend, and thanks to our buddy Neely, who lives in Winnipeg, we got to the game on Sunday. It was incident-free. At the game, our seats didn't exist. We were in the temps in the south end zone. A pillar for the scoreboard took away our seats. I wasn't there. Taylor and Travis had tried to go up to our seats, but were turned away, came and found me in line for beer. So we had to walk over to guest services. Get to guest services where we waited another 40 minutes after fighting through the crowd to get three tickets at the opposite end of the field. Why they didn't know that those three tickets were going to be needed to be replaced and they had tickets waiting is beyond me. I'm not the one who runs it. It is what it is. So by the time we got to our seats, we had missed kickoff, couple opening plays. We had missed both teams' intros. We'd missed pretty much every single pregame activity that you could imagine. Now... I know that it's a lot of people, and I get that, but at some point, somebody needs to be held accountable. So I got on Twitter, and I ended up going on a bit of a rant, and I got a message back from the organizing committee. They wanted my name and email address, which I gave, to which they said they would get on it, talk to somebody about it. I checked in with them. They wanted my email address again, so I gave that to them. have never returned a call or an email that I have sent in the last two months. So it's safe to say that that horse is dead. Anyways, I guess that's what happens when you're brand new with motorized vehicles in a province that maybe doesn't know exactly what they're doing. Anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Brazilian Ty if you feel the need to rip me or have an idea for getting waxed. Now back to Travis and John and the Two and Out CFL podcast. In the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two and Out podcast. Oh, thanks, Brazilian Ty, for doing getting waxed. Who thought we would need uh, the Angry Elk twice uh, heading into this episode of the Two and Out CFL podcast? And I haven't even gotten my soapbox yet. I'm just pleased to see that Brazilian Ty is still part of you know our team here at Two and Out. I thought that 
he had been stolen from the Eskimo Empire. He was actually allowed into the Turf District. But I got to say, you got to go on the Eskimo Empire podcast. Brazilian Ty got to co-host it live. <laughs> and what did I do last night? What did you do? Sat around my thumb up my ass. <laughs> oh, I, and I, ate pizza and, and, and ate pizza. That you know what I, I could have done? I probably could have been on that massive Eskimo Empire podcast as well, but apparently no, I'm not cool enough because I sing this song. Here's the thing, like you weren't named to the CFL podcast all star team, you were named to like the CFL podcast division all star team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, I got like one of those participant, uh, like medals. <laughs> hey, good job for coming out there, son. You know what? You tried really hard and you yelled a lot and you got a little sweaty, but gosh darn it. You're just not that good. <laughs> so congrats to uh, Brazilian tides moving up in the world. And who know, like who knew that all you needed was a Brazilian to move up in the podcast world. But you know what? He really took one for the team and I guess he did enjoy his stay in the turf district and it was well deserved after you know having all of his ass hairs aggressively plucked out by an angry woman in winnipeg (laughs) now before we start talking about the draft and recapping that the best we can uh a lot of people have been tweeting us and messaging us about fantasy.ca because we started this podcast as a fantasy cfl podcast yes and it is still that even though we haven't talked much fantasy because we don't have a league to talk about fantasy with. Yeah, apparently, well, right now, fantasy.ca is down. So uh, I know a couple people have actually messaged me, hey, when is the 2-and-out fantasy league happening again? How do I get into this? Well, uh, we don't know right now. (laughs) At worst case, we will uh, strictly talk TSN fantasy, which, of course, is not head to head, which is more your cash value and stuff like that. And it's we like will a start a league with that. Kind yeah, of it's thing. more of a pick'em league. Uh, it loses the head to head. So uh, we have reached out to the creators of the Fantasy uh, podcast. They follow both of us on Twitter. We've DM'd them. We've tried emailing them, and so far we haven't heard anything. Uh, prepare. I'm going to put on my conspiracy theory tinfoil hat. I almost wonder if, you know, maybe something isn't in the works, some sort of partnership between Fantasy and the CFL, because go way back, go way back in time to the State of the League address, which you were at, I was not, yep. and Jeffrey Orridge did specifically talk about having Fantasy football and a way to get younger people uh, interested in the league as a whole. It's a great way to spark interest in the league, so... I almost wonder if there isn't something going on behind the scenes that we can't know about, but I'm hoping that somebody launches a fantasy football head-to-head league because, you know what, I love Pick'em, I do, it has its place, but I much prefer head-to-head fantasy. Whether it's TSN's going to offer it, whether it's the CFL themselves, whether whether anybody else can draw it up in the next month, uh, we'd be happy to uh, come on board and help promote your product uh, because... We love head-to-head, mostly because we can smash-talk each other and make fun of Tyrell for having a terrible, (laughs) terrible team. And drafting is always my favorite part of the year. I love drafting. I love being in the chat room and trash-talking. I love doing the live drafts. You know, go to the... You're so annoying when you chat. (laughs) I never stop. I I, never stop. No, you don't. You don't. Like, I'll pick somebody, and you'll make some sort of reference of Adventure Bear, the bear that we saw once during our drive to the Grey Cup, (laughs) who we named Adventure Bear, who we decided could fly and could actually eat people from inside their cars. (laughs) 
That's what happens when you drive to the Grey Cup. Like, that was a bad idea. That's what happens when you drive, like, 30,000 hours across, like, eight provinces to get to the Grey Cup at a Toyota Matrix, <laughs> and your nerves are fried because you have summer tires on, and you're basically skidding along glare ice trying to get back to your hometowns. <laughs> so we, we did have an absolute blast at that but yeah the live draft i made you angry I, my dad remembers because my dad came out for that and we were doing i the remember draft. that yeah and that was he, good times the one thing he remembers about that is you threatening to stab me in the eye with your pencil <laughs> <laughs> anybody that thinks that angry john is just an act oh it's not it is not. I get irrationally angry when people take my picks like Travis did. You did that to me like three or four times that night, and we did it all <laughs> from strict memory. We went through an entire CFL draft. It was an unreal night. We were out at a local establishment, and yeah, there was two or three times that you were basically like, eh, I'm going to take this guy, and I, if it wasn't for having a belly full of beer or pizza, I would have probably stabbed you in the eye with a pencil. <laughs> the one guy where... Beer actually calms you down. <laughs> it does. Whiskey doesn't, though. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Rum makes me very lovey. Rum makes me want to hug everybody. <laughs> That's the complete opposite of the John we know. <laughs> it's true. Although, like I said, I have nothing to be angry about this week. Nice, nice. Yeah, so we don't know if fantasy.ca is going to be up. Orage did say, and for, uh, I think, for the amount that he has been criticized uh, during his first season uh, as commissioner, I think a lot of things have gone on during the off season, uh, like the drug policy, you know, obviously the new uniforms. He went over to visit our troops overseas with the Grey Cup. I feel like he's been doing a lot. I, I think he's not the kind of commissioner who does a good job of, of marketing himself. He does a lot of really, really good things, and to me, unfortunately, they kind of fall silent. Maybe that's just his personality. Um, I honestly thought that the visits to the troops was underexposed. It was, um, actually. It was. I thought that was something that you would have seen more on social media, could have seen more Vine, some nice features on the CFL website. I mean, honestly, I saw more tweets about the CFL visiting the troops from TSN's Kate Burness than I did from anybody involved with the CFL. And it's a great initiative. And maybe they just wanted to go over there and keep it quiet. And if that was the intention, then then that's fine. I mean, you can do something charitable and and noble like that without wanting to draw attention to yeah. yourself. And if that was the plan, hey, I'm absolutely on board with that. If that's what you wanted to do, I get it. But in terms of promoting it, I was really kind of surprised. I mean, it goes back to the what Arash Madani heard that the league said, well, you know, we kind of want to be silent through the offseason, which to me was just was just baffling. But again, it's their strategy. I think they did. Uh, that being said, I think the league has done a tremendous job with creating hype for the New Jersey reveals, which, of course, we record this. Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday uh, and we're just hours past the yeah. uh, the New Jersey reveal when we're uh, speaking into the microphones. You know, I thought they did their best, too, with promoting the Canadian players as far as the combine and the draft goes. And the, the draft, we had the first round on 
TSN, and I know there was the big delay when you go over to the app or on the website, but it was nice to have that in in a nice time slot. I mean, 5 o'clock. Yeah, it was great. On uh, TSN. I wish we could have gotten the whole draft. I I know the logistics. I I don't know. I'm not going to pretend I know what it's like to have five TV channels and uh, all of that, but it would be nice if they would have been able to air the whole thing. But getting what we got, it was nice. And I don't know if you noticed, but around the country, and I don't remember this ever happening, teams were throwing exclusive like draft parties. Uh, like the Red Blacks had Brad Sinopoli showing up for the Red Blacks or the All Caps uh, draft party. Well, 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 the funny thing was I got a media notice from uh, from the Riders communication staff saying, hey, if you want to talk to Chris Jones, you have to come to the Canadian Brew House in Regina tonight, which I was going, if only I lived in Regina. Hey, I'm going to the bar. I swear it's work-related. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do have one thing that, that I do have to be slightly angry about, and, and, and this irritates me in the sense that People were ragging on Justin Dunk on Twitter saying and ragging on TSN and ragging on the league saying, you know, it looks unprofessional. It's it's this and that. You know, I've been in that spot before where you're a reporter sent to cover the league for a non rights holder. You yeah. know what? If 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 whoever holds the rights doesn't want to get things out in a timely fashion and you have the information and you can one up them. Hey, man, all the power to you. To me, Justin Dunk. I mean, everybody in the CFL communities that reads Three Down Nation knows who he is, but I think he just yeah. really made himself a, a real CFL star. I know people are saying there might be a conflict of interest that a guy who works for the league, who also works for Sportsnet, was tweeting before TSN had the picks out. But to me, if you can get the information out there in a timely fashion, then absolutely do it. I mean, I'm not really watching the draft to find out who got picked. Let's face it, social media does a much better job of saying they pick this guy. When I want to hear, when I watch the draft, I'm glad that, okay, Justin Dunk has tweeted out that two minutes before TSN goes that, okay, you know, Winnipeg, BC, whomever has selected this. And then what I want to hear, I want to hear Dwayne Ford and Jock Climey and the TSN panel tell me about this guy. Because I work in Canada West, and out here, we have the opportunity between the fact that it's on... It's on global out here out west and several games are carried on on Shaw. You know, we are exposed yeah. to CIS football and I know the rest of the nation isn't. And I thought TSN did a really good great job of educating people who these guys are. I thought the panel did a great job. I thought Dunk did a you know, for me that I know these players when I saw it from Dunk, I got excited seeing where the Can West guys were going and then to see the analysis of the TSN guys. I thought they really complimented each other. I don't think there's any reasons here to slam TSN, to slam Justin Dunk, to slam the league over a guy just doing a really awesome he just like he just nailed it who wherever he was getting his draft information he absolutely nailed it and as a fellow sports reporter i got to tip my cap to him yeah I, I i didn't see an issue with it like like you said tsn had the highlight packages of these guys maybe they had it they had to get that stuff together maybe that's why it was delayed a little bit but i don't have an issue with that you can only say so much in 140 characters uh, exactly you can basically say who the pick is in 140 characters i was watching tsn to see what Dwayne ford and the rest yeah. of the uh, the crew thought about those picks and that insight is what is what i've always gone to tsn for so and I don't know about you, but over the last year, I feel like there's been more coverage 
of CIS football. And, That's uh, because we live in Western Canada. It is still extremely lacking the minute you leave Manitoba. You and I are fortunate that that you can watch the the Canada West playoffs on global yeah, uh, yeah. national television network. I work in covering a Canada West football team. You know, if you have Shaw, you can watch Canada West football every single weekend. Out, uh, for the rest of the nation, though, you just can't do that. And I know they're making strides here. Guys like Jim Mullen and David Dubay are making strides to try to bring this awesome product to the masses nationwide. And it's just it's not doing. But here in Western Canada, we are really spoiled. So I think for us to say, hey, you know what? We do a got- great job. We can see a lot of Canada West football. We are spoiled in that way. And that's totally a regional thing, Trav. Yeah, and I know Marshall Ferguson, he used to play uh, for McMaster. And he, he's new to TSN in Hamilton. And he's been given great coverage. You should read the article. I actually uh, put up my Red Deer Roundup weekly piece on CFLPass.ca. And he graded every team and he played in the CIS just a couple of years ago so he's been given some really good covers for that and like I said Justin Dunk he does an amazing job on yep. CIS coverage for years I felt like the only national guy was Dwayne Ford <laughs> yeah it, it's it's nice to see that you're starting to get many different perspectives and that should bring us to our draft talk which you know people were asking us why didn't you do a draft preview it's simple we don't know enough. I'm not going to come on here and and claim to know anything about the draft. And in my eyes, and this is not meant as a slight to anybody else who considers themselves a draft expert, if you can't get one of the three guys we just mentioned, you know, you're either going to be way too regional or you're just not going to have the kind of coverage that we're lacking. So we decided to go with a draft review instead, um, and that's that's what we're going to jump into. Well, and the uh, amazing thing about the the CFL draft, it's probably the hardest draft to predict because so many things change with guys getting offered uh, contracts in the NFL. You don't know uh, if you want to take a chance on this guy that you might never have on your team. Well, and and that's what people are looking at. You look at uh, Alex Singleton, who goes to Calgary in the first round. He was in the discussion at number one for Saskatchewan. And then the day of the draft, he gets offered a contract by by the New England Patriots. And all of a sudden, he slides down to Calgary a few spots down at the sixth spot. But... To me, that's that's the that could be the steal of the draft for Calgary. Much like if David Onyemata ever leaves the NFL, I mean, you got to think this is a kid who's only been playing football for about three or four years. That's gone down to the NFL. <laughs> isn't and isn't now that the amazing to, thing? He's he walk he walks into Dobie's office and basically says, "Hey, um, I want to play football. So, <laughs> like, can I? Like, that's crazy to me." I, I could only imagine what would happen if you or I walked into Dobie's office and just and just said, "Hey, I want to." I could imagine, <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Uh, yeah, uh, Brian Dobie's office. Uh, come in. Uh, yeah, my name's John Fraser. I want to play football. You, yeah, me. You're five foot seven and overweight. <laughs> Get the <laughs> out of my office. Well, and he was drafted in the fourth round by the New Orleans Saints, but on every, basically every single CFL draft scouting bureau, he was number one and dropped to the fourth round because people are like, do we want to waste the draft pick on uh, this guy that we might never see? People say what they want about the CFL draft being a crapshoot and all this stuff, but Canadian talent is what wins you great cups. 
Yeah, and it's and it's essential part of it. And I'd like, honestly, I think I like the move of the riders maybe reaching a little bit early to get on Yamada. If you've ever had the pleasure of watching this kid play football live, he might might be one of the most dominant players I've ever watched play. Again, I have a very thick Canada West bias, um, only because that's what I'm exposed to uh, most here. I also like Hamilton. I know a lot of a lot of people were hard on Mercer Timmis as he was originally going to everybody thought he was going to go to Calgary he was the heir apparent to John Cornish and then Hamilton comes in and, and scoops him up I can tell you watching this guy firsthand he's an absolute dominant running back he's huge it like he's sneaky fast he's a huge guy and he just explodes when he hits the hole he can catch passes I think he's going to be a great pickup for Hamilton. To me, that's another steal of the draft. And he's also attending Carolina Panthers rookie minicamp. So, obviously, NFL teams are going, okay, this kid is legitimate. And if you don't know his story, it's actually really cool. His great-grandfather won Grey Cups with the Hamilton Tigers in the 1920s and 1930s. So, he's following the lineage of his family playing in Hamilton. I know he went to university in Calgary, but he's going back to Hamilton where his great-grandfather played in the early 1900s, and I absolutely love that story. Yeah, that is cool. I think he's going he's gonna to do some really big things. I also like the draft that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders had. I think St. John is going to be a good offensive lineman. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have fancy metrics or that I've watched film or anything like that. But to me, if Chris Jones, who look at what he's done in Edmonton and rebuilding that offensive line, if Chris Jones says, this guy's the best lineman on my draft board, I'm probably going to have to agree with him. Um, I know they went a little high on on kicker Quinn Van Gislick. And that was interesting uh, that they went for a kicker. They have Tony Crepina, who everybody was thought, hey, this is a good young kicker. He's going to do okay. And usually, I know Paul Osbaldison said that this kid's leg was a little flat to get drafted, and uh, that's a pretty good mind when it comes to kicking. Yeah, he knows a thing or two about wearing the old single bar helmet. Um, <laughs> again, a guy I saw a little bit about a little bit when he was in UBC. Uh, I, I think the 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 idea there is bringing competition for Josh Bartell and the aforementioned Tyler Krapinia. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does in training camp. I know he was deadly accurate. Maybe he can work on that uh, that punting form a little bit. But I like uh, I like what he did. Um, as the as a whole, I, I like Saskatchewan's draft. They went five out of seven guys from Canada West, uh, St. John being the first one. And then I thought they got another sneaky deal in, in picking up receiver Josh Stanford. Stanford was a guy that apparently has some off-field issues or has something going on. He fell down the draft but has lots of uh, talent. So it should be interesting to see him uh, at, at training camp. They also picked a defensive back uh, right before they picked Quinn uh, Van Gliswick. Uh, Eli Buka uh, plays for Calgary, and but he's got uh, some feelers out there from the uh, Arizona Cardinals. So, we'll-, well, that's the thing too. That's the thing with Saskatchewan's draft. Yeah. There's two guys. One guy for sure is going to the NFL. Another guy is having the tires kicked on him by the NFL. So that's why I think that's why it's so hard to to drum up interest as a whole in the CFL draft. Right? You, yeah. It's it, again, you have to. It's it's not sexy to draft a whole bunch of linemen. I mean, you look at everybody is saying that. You know, who no matter whose recap you read says either BC or Winnipeg won the draft, and you're looking at guys that 
okay, they drafted a defensive end in Trent Corney, Michael Couture, an offensive lineman, defensive back Tyler Loeffler. They're, we're talking about guys that aren't in sexy positions. Right. And everybody's, you know, whether you read it, BC, and I think maybe that's why it's funny that that a lot of hardcore CFL people, you, you know, say, well, we need more draft coverage, but... You know, there's just something a little lacking when you have about eight rounds of guys who may never play and a bunch of offensive linemen. It's a vital position. I I, I think offensive linemen are some of the most the smartest, most talented, and usually most hilarious guys on the field. But it's for your casual fan, it's hard. It's hard to get excited as a casual fan when you're drafting an offensive lineman first overall. When a casual fan might never realize he's on the field. Well, it's not. It's not the glamorous uh, position at all. Nobody ever talks about the offensive lineman ever, and the draft focuses on them. It, it is. Oh, your... my color commentator with the Hilltops is the next uh, offensive lineman, Chris Hengenbron. That's if you want to hear offensive line talk, you listen to Hilltops <laughs> broadcast where he's flying shotgun. Well, and he. It is the most important position on the field. Maybe you keep your quarterback healthy. You open the holes for the running back. That's pretty damn important. Well, well, nothing, nothing without a good offensive line. Nothing happens. And I just, you know what? I think the draft. It's again, it's such a crapshoot. It's sitting. It's so hard for me to sit here and, and put grades on everybody. So, I mean, the biggest thing we'll tell you: everybody thinks BC and Winnipeg had very good drafts. They picked up uh, some offensive linemen, and uh, you know, really. If you really want to dive into the CFL, if you're a listener that's on the fence, um, look into what these guys have done and, and, and watch for them at their upcoming uh, training camps here at the end of May where we can talk about sexy positions or we can talk about sexy attire, Travis Cura. <laughs> yeah, I want to see some of these players wearing them. And th- that was my thing. I, I said on CFLPass.ca, it's, it's kind of sad that these Canadian players were overlooked by something that they could or may not be wearing. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like uh, It's almost kind of sad in a way. Yeah, you're right. You look at all the guys that modeled the new jerseys, and it's like, hey, everybody, look at the new jerseys wearing by being worn by all these great American players. Yeah, or nobody cares who's in them. I mean... <laughs> that, that, that's, that's true. I mean, you're right. You're getting... <laughs> You're, when more people are talking about the jerseys and the draft, I mean, but then again, every casual fan, anybody can just look at a jersey and say, I like that, I don't like that. You know, it's really hard to watch game film of an offensive lineman and say, ooh, he missed a block there, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it's one of those things where quarterbacks aren't really taking in the draft, and that's what everybody loves, that's what everybody focuses on. So uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just the way it works. But the jerseys... You're a Bombers fan. Now, I feel bad for Bombers fans. I, they've had a great offseason. Because our okay, team sucks and has sucked for such a long time. No, here. Well, I feel bad for that. Well, uh, I feel bad about that every single day that I wake up. <laughs> we had this great, great free agency with Ryan Smith and Weston Dressler and Andrew Harris. And you got this great momentum with the draft and the the fans are feeling really good. The jerseys come out. Everybody wants to buy them, and they're delayed. Like, yeah, I don't know <laughs> what the heck happened there. And 
there was the rumor that their signature jerseys were like the worst in the league too. They looked like Argo jerseys. Oh, those uh, were so. How can you have a Winnipeg Blue Bomber jersey without any gold on it? So I just feel the bad. funniest thing. The funniest thing is Travis, the Bomber store. Last time I was there with the with doing play by play for the Hilltops, had the audacity to sell those at full price. Oh man. Like it was, it was just brutal. They wore them one game and basically never ever touched them again. Well, isn't it? I want, I want this to be a term. Isn't it so bombers that the new jerseys that the entire fan base is yes, they're back, and you have to wait to buy them. That is so bombers. I like that, and we are going to stick with it. That's so bombers that they finally put out a product that everybody wants. There's huge demand for, and they're the only one of the nine teams that don't have them available. At the end of the day, I think they're the best uniforms in the league. And as a Ryder fan, I can confidently say that. They look awesome. I've been going back and forth with uh, Brazilian tie on this all day via text message. Um, he gives the nod to the BC Lions unis. Only because he says, well, you know, you knew what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were doing. I like the BC jerseys. I like that orange. But the only thing I don't like is, for lack of a better term, the Tramp Stamp logo. Well, the Riders had it last it time. Looked, I didn't like it. I'm glad they got rid of it. It's it Absolutely. I think it cleans up the jersey. I, th- I think the BC Lions have maybe the best color scheme from a fan perspective. I can tell you as a play-by-play guy, it, good luck. BC Lions play-by-play man. I wish you good luck. For reading black jerseys, black numbers can sometimes be a bit of a nightmare. So I bid you, my friend, <laughs> the best of luck. And just hope that, and just be glad that nobody went to the Winnipeg Rifles of the PFC color scheme. Because again, sharp looking road jerseys, but the home jerseys, you can't read a damn number to save your life. And I don't know, I, I guess I'm still undecided on the Lions jerseys. I, I do I like, like them. I really, you know what? The one, I love those orange and white road jerseys. I was going to just say, I love the road jerseys. They look, actually, the, the entire league. Well, most of the teams had minor changes. Yeah, everything looks clean and fresh and modern. It just looks very. It looks fresh and it, yeah. And those away jerseys, they pretty much every team. It, it reminds me of uh, the retro days, and uh, it's not a bad thing, especially with BC. Those yep. those away jerseys to me, I, they look slick. They look smooth. I like they, them. They scream a 1970s football. I'm still yeah. undecided on the Winnipeg with the, the, the road ones with the blue shoulders. I really want to see them on the field before I make a final judgment. I liked I liked what Saskatchewan did. I think they uh, cleaned up the look. A friend of the show, Joel Gasson, who's now working for Three Down Nation, uh, he wrote a nice piece uh, breaking them down on the changes. But I thought you know the I thought they got cleaned up a little. I thought they looked very sharp. I think the new metallic green helmets are going to be good. I like the touch of the four stripes along the pants. I do too. Uh, and the fact that they can still interchange their pants. They have the green pants to give you the dill pickle look or the white pants to give you the not-so-dill pickle look. I would um, rather the white pants, to be honest. I, <laughs> I I don't like the – I don't know if they're still doing them this year. Uh, are they doing the white away helmets, the Stormtrooper look? <laughs> I, I don't – I always love that Stormtrooper look. It grew on me. 
I really thought that was cool. I love the Stormtrooper look. Um, now, we should also mention that because apparently diapers are a thing that need to be bought and <laughs> one broadcaster income isn't fun. If anybody would care to donate a brand new Winnipeg Blue Bomber jersey, that'd be swell and I'd appreciate you forever. <laughs> what number do you want on it? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, probably 33 for Andrew Harris. Nice, nice. And most of the teams actually got rid of the shoulder numbers. And uh, they only have the shoulder uh, and logo I, And now. I can tell you, for again, if you want to make the play-by-play guy's job a little harder... Get rid of shoulder numbers because yeah. <laughs> it's a little – I could tell you sometimes it's it's not so bad along the line of scrimmage, but on yeah. kickoffs where everybody is standing perfectly parallel, you're like, ah, and they're kicking to a guy <laughs> and he's wearing a jersey and he's standing at the 15-yard line. Cuthbert's going to have a blast this year. Well, Cuthbert, Cuthbert is the goat. Cuthbert is the greatest of all time. Right. He'll have it so prepared. He'll have it down to a science. He'll know everybody. He'll have the guy's hometown and where he played his minor football and what he did in peewee ball <laughs> out before you know the opening kickoff because Cuthbert is just that damn good. What do you think about the hashtag on Ottawa's pants? I think it's innovative and fun. I don't think it's as big of a jersey foul as everybody's crying. I like what Ottawa did to the jerseys with the expanded red on the black jerseys. I think that that really makes it look cleaner to use your word. I'm you know what? I don't hate I don't hate it, you know, on on the jerseys. What I do hate is the fact that everybody keeps fighting about the use of it. It's a damn hashtag. Shut up your face. I think it's cool that it's a, I mean I might feel different if it was on the actual jersey. But I, I, I think I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think I think the pants... I mean, let's face it. You're looking... Everybody's here up in arms about a hashtag on the pants, but as you're looking through the photo galleries, you still see their the team's big sponsors wearing their ads. I mean, you see the CP Rail logo on the Riders jerseys, the Investor Group ones on the Bombers jerseys, and nobody says, oh, that take away from the jerseys, or Tim Hortons on the Tabby's jerseys. Like, um, you know what, though? I will also say as a whole, I think the new league logo works so much better on the jerseys than the old one. I think it looks great on all the merchandise. Oh, I think so, too. I was a little, When I first saw it, I was a little on the fence, but now I love it. It looks great on the merch. It looks great. And and I got to give the CFL credit, too. Some of the lifestyle stuff they cut. Have you seen some of the t-shirts that, that Adidas has come up with for the teams? Yeah, they're pretty slick, man. Oh, they, you know what? I think the league as a whole hit an absolute home run. I think the, the jerseys that didn't need messing with, like the Edmonton Eskimos, you can never change the S jerseys. They didn't. Everybody else made tweaks in a positive way. I was a little surprised that, remember, there was some early talk on Twitter that the Montreal Alouettes jerseys were going to be a disaster by some of their players. Well, SJ Green said he he wouldn't make the players wear it. Well, you almost wonder if it looks something the exact didn't same. Ch- if something <laughs> changed because that Montreal Alouettes jersey, minus a little bit of silver piping, has yeah. not changed whatsoever. No, it, it hasn't. So I was I, I, honestly, I was expecting a lot more change from all of the teams. And, uh, well, some of the uh, – Winnipeg had the – but they went back. BC had a major change. But for the most part, I mean, Saskatchewan got rid of the black trim around the numbers, just nice and white, and I really like the green and white look. But for the most part, 
things are pretty much the same. I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing, but the way it was being hyped, it was like these are going to be, you know, completely different. And I was honestly kind of nervous. Yeah, uh, this so morning. was I. I think I, I think the teams that uh, the teams that wanted to change took that leap, and you almost wonder. I'd love to see what design concepts were thrown out. I yeah. do like the the uh, the Western style numbering that Calgary now has on their jerseys. I agree. Uh, I mean, realistically, you look you look at the Riders and Red Blacks essentially clean things up, and yep. they both move in the positive direction. You know, Hamilton, Edmonton, Montreal stayed exactly the same. BC and Winnipeg completely changed things, and I I can't sit here. I, I think I would have liked to see something new out of Montreal. I've never been a huge fan of the Alouettes jerseys. And Toronto's pretty much the same too, uh, but the Toronto's Toronto's a bit more of a classic look. It is, yeah. I, I love having more of the double blue, the baby blue, if that's even. I don't even know what you call it. Uh, I'm not uh, up on my paint colors, but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I love those double blue colors. I, I like them. So the more that they show up, the better for me. But to me, when you look at the, I mean, there's you look on the internet right now. They've got the picture of all the star players sitting there wearing their yeah. jerseys. You know. Showing them off back to back, and to me, we, we were talking about slick and clean looks, and I just don't see that from Montreal. And I, I get it; like that's the way their jersey has looked for a while. Yeah, but you know, you have nice traditional looking arm striping on on the tie cats. You have Winnipeg going back to that that classic look, and you know, you just have Montreal. Like I don't know; I've just. And I'm sure if we have any Alouettes fans that are listeners, they probably hate me right now. But maybe it just brings up way too many memories of Anthony Calvillo absolutely owning my team's faces. <laughs> owning everyone. <laughs> I've just and, and you know what? I've just never been a, a, a huge fan of the Alouettes look. And I, they were the one team that I was hoping would go back to something a little cleaner, a little more traditional. You know, they still, everybody else has gone essentially to horizontal stripes in the shoulders, a clean look uh, elsewhere. Montreal's all those weird vertical silver stripes and the numbers on the arms. It, it almost, it, every other team looks like they belong in one league together. Well, Montreal still seems to be a bit of an outlier in terms of just overall look. So I guess if one thing disappointed me today was that the Owls didn't change their... Honestly, I preferred those Owls signature jerseys, those gray ones. I liked them too. And I, for the most part, really liked uh, the retro jerseys that they brought out. I, I, I don't know how I feel about them still having the big old alouettes across the chest. Like the other... <laughs> The yeah. other teams, they have uh, the East Division, actually, for road games. They changed it to the city, uh, yeah. and and they have the team names when they're at home. But Montreal's is just huge. Yeah, it's it that, that would be the out. one I would say that it was a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, and I guess I can do with that, but enough about fashion. <laughs> People always give us a hard time about sounding like the view or the social. I guess we had to dip into that that part. Is it the time for a new segment? It's time for a new segment, Travis. This is the three minute warning. Ah, oh, crap! We're almost out of time, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> okay, it- so the whistle went. We have three minutes starting now to talk about whatever else we want to talk about. Okay, favorite donut. Oh, honey cruller. That still hasn't changed. <laughs> no, that that will never change. What about you? 
Um, I have to go with anything with jam in the middle. Okay, okay, we'll get into the silliness. <laughs> Hammer through some quick CFL, uh, some quick CFL news, Travis. Okay, quick note on the draft: Laval is an incredible school. <laughs> They had three offensive linemen go in the first round. They had two go in the first round last year. I don't know how they keep pumping out offensive linemen like rabbits do little bunnies. But <laughs> what's interesting to see, how many of those guys stick around in the league? It just seems to me, and I'd love to see some numbers to back this up, seems like Laval guys are out pretty quickly a, a lot of times. Watch for UBC, especially now that they're recruiting guys out of the NCAA to start becoming a bit of a football factory uh, out west. Travis, favorite song right now? You know what? Believe it or not, this is an old song, but I can't get over Fly at Night by Chilliwack. <laughs> this doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Dude, uh, uh, whenever me, I listen to that song, it reminds me of summertime and just driving late at night under the stars. I love it. I like it. That got ri- way too sappy and sentimental. Currently, I am spinning Drake's views. Um, it is fire, as the kids say these days. Uh, also, the new Tragically Hip is a decent song. Travis. Hey, I haven't checked that out yet. I will have to. Uh, CIS football had uh, 53 players taken in the draft, so that is pretty cool. I guess we should mention that uh, Jeff Fuller, released by the Seattle Heat Seahawks, maybe he'll be back in Calgary. And Eric Norwood is now a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Yeah, that, uh, well, not officially yet. The official signing hasn't come out yet. He's been in Saskatchewan. They've looked at him. No official signing uh, on on that quite yet. Uh, Travis, what is your favorite jersey to wear when you want to impress your wife? Oh, my favorite jersey to wear. It's my George Reed retro uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders jersey. What about you? Always Ryan Dinwiddie. Who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Um, the San Jose Sharks. Who's going to win the World Series? Um, the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I'm you're a Cubs supposed. Guy. You have to answer these as well too. Who's your cup pick and your and your World Series pick? Oh, right now, I think my cup pick has to be the St. Louis Blues. Oh, and Sharks and Blues potentially going head to head. Yeah, my World Series pick is the Cubs as well. Well, now we've jinxed them. <laughs> as if they weren't jinxed enough. They were jinxed by Back to the Future. <laughs> They were jinxed by everything since 1908. Yeah, they were jinxed by the goat. Uh, What is your Grey Cup pick? Oh. I know it's uh, May. The Saskatchewan Riders will be in the game. I don't know if they're going to win it. I'm picking Hamilton right now. I think I think Hamilton bringing in Steph Patancic. He's a great coach, a genius, and he's going to learn a little bit under Ken Austin. I think they are going to win the Grey Cup over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. There you have it. That does it for episode 34 of the Two and Out CFL podcast with John Fraser and Travis. K- K- what the hell? And you Travis. <laughs> name. I said my own name wrong. Okay, do do Okay, it's Travis. Kura. Okay, Travis. Kura. All right, there we go. You got it now? Uh, yes. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> Try it again. Right. Try it again. Travis Kura. There you go. <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. We will be going weekly very soon. We'll talk to you soon. And don't forget this weekend, Saturday, the Saskatchewan Rush are taking on the Calgary rough next game, one of the NLL's West Division final. I'll have the call. You can follow along 929thebullrocks.com or in the Saskatoon Media Group app if you're missing some John Fraser in your ears. Talk to you soon.